Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triforce Podcast in 2017. Whoa. Although by the time you listen to this, it'll be 2018, obviously. Take some time. That's the that's the goal. That's, probably, We're yeah. gonna, that's, that's my New Year's resolution, actually. Try to get these out annually. No, it's to actually get ahead on content. Wow. Because um, we have historically been very bad at it you just want to shit it out fiercely so that you're <laughs> way ahead of the curve well, the, the, it's tricky it's tricky but but like we come but we came back to, to the office yesterday with no videos recorded yeah. it's tricky because you feel this pressure you feel this stress and also it affects everything you do you're yeah. like oh quick we better record something or better quick better do something and it results in worse content i think so the plan the one of the resolutions really is to work hard to get a little bit ahead because we, because with the office move coming up and things like that. Oh yeah, I don't want to get yeah, left. yeah. You guys have to don't move. Don't want to get left without content for a couple of weeks. Yeah, so that's mainly because building work is going on in our building, right? Right. And it's going to be really noisy. And um, we 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 viewed this nice place, and it was like, oh yeah, this is really nice. It had it's all it's all modern office building. Okay, so what they do is they don't have any kind of ceiling. They just have like the exposed beams or exposed boards or whatever. And then they have this sort of metal grilling kind yeah. of hanging down. I love You've that. Seen it? I love how they, I love the how pipes. they've managed to do that. I, I love how they've said, you know what? It costs too much to put a ceiling in. <laughs> Let's not fucking put it in, but here's a good one. Let's fucking sell it as this looks modern and good. Like, <laughs> isn't that a good idea? So yeah, genius. yeah genius. that's, that's like, uh, you know, when you sell somebody a car, it's like, you know, the rust just makes it, gives it character. It's it's fine. It makes it look cool. You should buy lived this car. Yeah. yeah, it looks lived in. Yeah. It is definitely upselling what is effectively normally a negative. Lazy. That is the classic yeah, estate just, agent thing. It's just like, you know, oh. If it's like, if it's like got rats, they say animal friendly. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's got like a, you know, it's hugely out of date and like all the like doors have fallen off you to like age, they say period <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. I like if it's that. on fire they say motivated seller it's a is it like a is it a julienne is it a julienne uh, balcony eating. have you ever heard of these julienne balconies i is thought it was a juliet rail or juliet balconies or I, thought it was, balconies? I think it probably is julienne but i thought it was juliet after romeo and juliet but, but, but the, otherwise so the word no balcony sense. is in there but it's yeah. not a balcony because oh, it, it's, it's, just a it's literally a fucking piece of glass yeah. To prevent you from stepping out of a door into nothing, <laughs> like I mean, we've we've it, got one at the back, and it's yeah. literally you, you, we can open up both of our like instead of having a window in the in the top bedroom here, we've got double doors like garden style. You know, you can open them yeah, up, yeah, yeah, which is and, cool, but it's not a balcony. Right. It's, it's well, no, you know, it's, it's not. just the rail is there to stop you from plummeting to your doom. Exactly, uh, yeah. But like, uh, if you go, if you if you were in the market to buy a place or rent a place, that would be a feature of the yeah. place and it, yeah. and 
they make it sound so cool, but it is literally just a preventative measure from you <laughs> stepping yeah. out into into the wide open air and plummeting 12 stories down or whatever it is. You may you as know? well give give like banister, like a, yeah, the yeah. banister on a staircase, a fancy name. But you're not going to be putting a barbecue out there. There is no out there. There's, there's no, nothing. It's just, it's, it's like opening you, a big window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you if you if you're planning on getting a place with a balcony, that type of balcony is not suitable for the Indeed, types of things yeah. you're going to be doing on that balcony. Like you're not going to be putting any washing out there. There's no you way. You can't even step out on it. It's you like there's just, it's just it. a so rain. No, no, no table or chairs. You can't get like one little round table with like one chair for you to go out there and do a vape in the morning or you yeah. know, eat an apple. It's not yeah. happening. It's going <laughs> to have to happen indoors. Your morning apple is, whilst, whilst admiring the scenery. <laughs> it's beautiful. crazy, isn't it? It's really yeah. crazy. Sometimes yeah. they don't even bother putting doors onto them now, do they? They just seal them off, so it's just this scenery thing. Yeah, yeah. that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it's crazy. So you guys got a new office that has no ceilings. Well, we haven't got it. That's the thing. The reason we didn't go with that place is because when I talked to the builder who was still doing some work there, he said, oh, yeah, the uh, the, <laughs> the reason the building at the back is only a third as big as it says the plans is because it fell down. Uh, so and then, when, and then when, I asked Jimmy, I said, Jimmy, <laughs> fucking, do you want to put a ceiling in? <laughs> nah. 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 I feel like these new trendy chimes, they don't want ceilings. They won't be wanting walls next. We're just going to have it open to the air. They'll call it fresh. And uh, naturally air conditioned. Put a bunch of weird cryptic building markings, like a line with a 23 next to it. The fucking hipsters love that shit. (laughs) Nobody knows what it means. It didn't help me build the place. It just looks cool, I guess. I just made it up as I went along. I saw it on a movie one time. I think uh, looked uh, looked kind of cool. I so. think that the funny thing to me is that none of these builders give a shit about any of this stuff. Like they just no. Like when, when we had our builders, they were saying some people like so and so. Don't know if you want that. And like they weren't offering a suggestion. Like they weren't selling it. They were just literally no. like, uh, "Did you want this stupid feature that other idiots like you have had in the past?" And I was like, "Now nah, we're passing that." They're like. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a pain in the ass, you know. <laughs> no, yeah. Builders, uh, builders are funny like that, though, right? They they just want to do whatever's easiest. Like they don't want the hassle, you yeah. know. Like you're like, oh yeah, I'd like a, uh, I'd like a gigantic fountain uh, in my backyard, and they're like. Oh, okay. nah, mate. Nah, yeah. uh, you haven't uh, got fountain ground you, here. You got any water going back there? No. It's like, oh, okay, well. We could we do, could do it. it. We we'll could run do a hose it. from your kitchen sink back there, and <laughs> you know, is it okay if just the pipe sticks up out of the ground and there's no fountain? Because that's going to be much easier. It's going to be cheaper for you as well. In well, fact, it's be we'll like- just gaffer tape the hose to the to this stick in the middle of your lawn, and that's your fountain feature. Just turn it on at the tap. Easy. Yeah, we'll just we'll we'll tape a we'll tape a penny to where the water comes out at the top, but it won't completely cover the the hole. <laughs> so it'll spray. It's gonna look amazing. You might want to shut the really cheap for you too. That'll be uh, uh, seven thousand pounds. Yeah, seven grand. <laughs> we'll need an architect uh, as well. That, Obviously, need an architect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. An architect for sure. And 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 planning permission. You have to go through all of the the hoops for the planning permission and stuff God. as well. We oh, had, you know, we're, crazy, we had like it was it last year. It was the year before last. We had loads of work done on the house and. 
they, they were here for like if, well, nearly two months, I think. It was a very, very large amount of work and it took a long time. And uh, I mean, apart from the fact that they found all kinds of shit wrong with the house, I'm sure I've mentioned this in the past, but in the kitchen, when we had the kitchen redone, the entire ceiling of the kitchen, in other words, the bathroom floor with, that has a big, heavy cast iron bath on it, was held up by a single piece of concrete, like a little nubbin of concrete. Oh, man. Because when they when they redid all these old houses, a lot of them, they, there was a fireplace and, a, and a, a chimney in the back in the kitchen. Obviously, you know, your kitchen fireplace, because these were built in like 1905. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they took out the, the chimney stack, they just sort of didn't put the beams into the wall. So previously, the ceiling was hinged around and hanging off that chimney stack, and they just took the chimney stack out and just sort of patched over the hole. But the beams that go across, like the, the supporting beams for the floor and everything, or for, for the, the, the ceiling and, the, and therefore the bathroom floor, just stopped. They didn't go into anything because previously nice. they would have rested on the ceiling and now that on, on the chimney. And now that that was gone, there was nothing. So he said, your whole bathroom floor could have just hinged downwards at any time. There was nothing holding it up of, of note, nothing at all. <sighs> that's crazy, it is isn't crazy. it? It's and nuts. That, they, that's they why, found that out. You know, I was when, terrified. When you watch Homes Under the Hammer and they get to the end and they're like, oh, Michael managed to do it again. <laughs> he did the whole renovation for only 5,000 pounds. How did he do it? And then you see Michael's smug ass face and then, it, <laughs> and then it cuts to a collapsed bathroom that was only being held up by like one little nub in yeah. Of concrete. We went for the old uh, nubbin. Well, I guess nubbin we don't ceiling. know how yeah. Michael did it. <laughs> That's it. Just Fuck Michael, man. You know, asshole. <laughs> It's always the, the it, I guess that's how it happens. Then they just they they just fucking cut massive corners yeah, to like save money that. and time and everything. And but oh, that's the thing is it's now, now it's inspectors. Way. Now the inspectors come out and any work that you do is inspected by the council. So like when they did the foundations for our house. Um, when we had the, the, like the conservatory was torn down and we built a new extension, like the, the kitchen goes out over what was the conservatory and they had to reinforce it with all this kind of stuff. And this inspector came out and he like pokes the ground with this big stick and he's like, you're going to need some serious reinforcements here, lads. So they're like, okay. So they dug a trench. They have to call him back out. He comes out, he gets in the trench. He looks around, he goes, nope, they dig more. He comes oh, back God. out, he gets in the trench. He's like, nope. And he came back like four times. And finally, this, this trench they had to dig, they had to dig down until they got down to like bedrock. And they're digging down. And obviously around here, it's like the ground underneath is not very solid. And I found out why was, apart from the fact we're quite near the river, so this probably was once river at one point, is that when they were building my row of houses, they started at the far end. And they start there right. and they start digging and they push the dirt to the next pile. And so it gradually pushes all the way down the row so that my house is built on the dirt that was dug up from all the building from all these other houses. So we were basically oh, stacked man. on this huge pile of dirt that's now settled down. <laughs> so when they're digging down, they're like digging. Got... The trench was deeper than a standing man. Like it was that deep. And that's where Jesus. they had to stop putting the foundations. It was like six skips worth of soil and rock and shit. And that it was oh, that's so classic bad. reclaimed dirt, oh, my, though. Man, that dirt is oh, it's, vintage it's, dirt, really. Honestly, oh, as, as a dad and a husband, wants that though. dirt these days. You can't get that dirt for love nor money. <laughs> your chimney they stack. They don't make dirt like oh, no more, son. They, your, your old chimney stack. We used that to build a shit shit house for an old lady. <laughs> she she loved those reclaimed bricks. Oh. She wouldn't use normal new bricks. No, she wanted old, reliable, classic, <laughs> classic, vintage, classic bricks. Vintage, you bricks. know, proven. 
bricks that have stood for years. Vintage <laughs> rocks. <laughs> Vintage rocks. They don't make rocks Man, like this anymore. When shit like that happens, though, like as as a dad and, and as a father, you know, when somebody comes by and they dig a trench and you're like, now, nah, listen, this guy's going to come over. He just needs to do a quick inspection to make sure it's OK. And then your wife is like, OK, cool. And your kids are like, yeah, all right. Can I play in the backyard after? Yeah, of course you can. It's going to be two seconds. And then this guy turns up and he's like, no. And then he has to dig a huge trench in your backyard. And your wife's like, I thought he was just coming for an inspection. Why is there a big trench in the backyard? Dad, why is my swing set broken? Why is there a big trench? Hey, he's just doing an inspection. He's got to <laughs> dig a trench. And then he's got to dig it more and more and more. And then and everything escalates. It's the worst. Like yeah. These people don't realize how much of an impact this shit has like on you as a, as a guy who's just trying to keep things in line, you know, <laughs> hassle-free. It's true. This guy, you know, you've got a lot of explaining to do. Why is there a trench in the backyard? Why are there 20 guys digging a trench in the backyard? Why is it taking them so long? The kids want to go on the swing set. Where's the swing set? Oh, no, it's fine, fine. Is it covered? Like, is it okay? No, no, no. It's just out back. It's upside down. It's like half in the road. No, no, you have to put a cover on. What? I don't want to put a cover <laughs> on the swing set. I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it becomes like this huge fucking ordeal, like, for the simplest goddamn thing. And it's and it's all because, like, a lot of these guys, the inspectors, like, on the councils and, and stuff like that, it's just, like, it's just job creation, right? Like, a lot of these jobs don't need to be. Like, it would be fine. It would be <laughs> wait, fine wait, to wait. just... Th- th- it would be all, totally fine to have all, your bathroom, like, just hinged on a little piece of concrete. Like, uh, First of all, I, I like the way at the start of this conversation, you said, as a father and a husband, <laughs> which has excluded Lewis instantly from the conversation, which I thought was no. very cruel. Well, I couldn't think of that. I was just listening to this, this, and all I heard was... Many of these jobs don't need to be. That was such a zen phrase. I just loved it. It was like true, though. I, I think some dude, of these. Hang I on. Think we started this by pointing out the state of my bathroom floor was exactly because we don't have these inspectors, and the know, bathroom floor could have hinged away, hinged, hinged know, away at any moment. And you're just that, like, we don't need these inspectors. We clearly do. <laughs> Yeah, we do. I know. I know. And maybe it's a bad example, but there's a lot of jobs where it's just like, come on. The, the sole reason they exist is just to provide me more hassle that I that I don't need. Okay. I already get a lot of hassle in my life. I don't need more. Like, I don't fucking want more. Please True. go find like a better job somewhere that doesn't involve hassling <laughs> get a, me. Get a good, for Christ's non- sake. bothering job, you bum. Stop bothering <laughs> me. Fuck- <laughs> oh, oh, it's true, though. But yeah, I guess inspectors are kind of important. So so inspectors aren't going into room 101 then? Is that what we're saying? That's what we're they, saying. We need we, them. We need oh, them. Right, Without okay. them, we have a lot of problems. I saw a... There was a sorry, Lewis. We've hardly let no, Lewis talk. On, Please do say something. No, go for it. I'm, I'm loving this. Okay. I'm just, I'm just going to have to make notes about all the things I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Right. I'll come back to you. Um, okay. Fuck. So, oh, I'm actually angry you now. You I feel fucking now. angry right now about all this. We've been away for New Year and Christmas. We had a lot. We got a lot to it's say true. about builders. True. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had any building work done for a while, but I just remember, like, when I did have a bunch of building work done um, recently, 
it takes so much longer than you expect it to take. And they're always kind of reassuring mm. you like, ah, it's just going to take like a day. Don't worry about it. And then like three weeks later, like what, what? It was, you said it was day, one day. Like how does that transformed into three weeks? And, it, you know, they just turn up whenever. You expect them to like turn up at normal times, like, you know, working hours or whatever. Fuck, they turn up at like four in the afternoon sometimes. Eh, is, it, uh, is it okay if we work uh, tonight? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, but. People need to sleep and stuff. Don't work tonight. You like, got come, bad builders, dude. Mine were great. Come at a normal time. Fuck. It's crazy. Mine did, mine did this thing that builders do now, which is quite a modern thing, I think, which is where they bring their own toilet with them. Like, they have a little porta out in the Whoa. garden instead of stamping and shitting all over your toilet. So my guys, That's pretty like, cool, yeah, they were, like, they were really good. They had, like, this Was terrible... it, like, in a trailer? No, no. It was just, like, one of those little blue worksite toilets. Fuck. So it was, like, there next to the skip. It stank by the end of the summer, but I mean, I you bet, know, fair yeah. play. Jeez. Oh, a summer one too. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, it was summer work, yeah. So it wasn't too bad. I mean, it did mean that if it, I, I mean, if it had rained while the work was being done, that that trench would have filled up like like a fucking moat around the back of my house. So I'm kind of glad it didn't. Kids but, would have loved that, though. Oh, they loved, the, they loved, like, what, they loved the builders. Some, they were obsessed they, with the builders. They love a moat. They love a no, portable toilet. You can make the whole place into a castle. It's true. And With a toilet. Flag this castle has a toilet, and... Daddy. Get out of there. Get out. Before we moved into our house, we had they had this... Um, they, so the inspector came by, right? Like the surveyor right. guy came over, took a look around, and he's like, yeah, everything looks fine except for uh, there's... It looks like there's some asbestos in your... Like underneath your stairs. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. Like that's kind of fucking weird, but okay, sure. And he's like, yeah, it looks like there's this big fireproof panel right underneath the staircase, um, but it's probably got some asbestos in it and you probably need to get it removed. It's like probably pretty old. I was like, all right, sure. So we had to, we had to phone up these guys, these like expert removal guys or whatever. And so they turn up and they had to like create an airlock around underneath the stairs. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that like the fibers don't go into the air and stuff. But they actually brought with them a trailer, which was like a shower unit <laughs> like and a toilet. So like they just turned up with this pickup truck and this with this trailer so that the guys could go in and just like have a shower after they'd done like all this removal and stuff. Are you like, sure they weren't just, I guess. just travelers and that that was their house? I thought maybe they were at first, but that once they put on like the gas masks and they had like, right. uh, you, you know, the jumpsuits and this airlock and everything and... It, it was pretty cool. And then they just went out and had a shower, like, in my driveway, in this trailer after. <laughs> just see them the coming out. asbestos off of Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. But I never knew that existed. Like, Yeah, it's pretty cool. If you didn't want to have an RV and you just wanted to have, like, you know, a Ford Fiesta that you just traveled around in, you could just tow around a trailer that had a shower and a toilet in it. What are you going like to sleep your own in? personal one. Just in the car. Gross. Just recline all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> right, kids, we're going on holiday. Not the Fiesta. Yeah, don't worry. It's got a bathroom and a shower, kids. It's much cheaper. <laughs> we'll get the shower and toilet in the trailer. We'll be good. We'll be fine. Stop kicking oh, me. <laughs> oh, fuck. Asbestos is, like, super interesting, actually. I was reading about it. It's, um, it's, it's like, mined like... It's a rock, mm. okay? It's mined like a rock. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, I think the original... Anecdote I remember about it was that I think Marco Polo had a um, like a, a dressing gown or a robe 
made out of it or a cloth made out of Jesus. it. Jesus. Right. And, and in order to clean it, he would throw it in a fire. Right. So, because it, it won't burn, it would just burn off all of the stains. So he would like get it really dirty, covered in like tomato sauce or whatever they were eating <laughs> back then. <laughs> and then it's like a party piece. He'd just chuck it in the fire. He's got ketchup all over it. He's got hamburger grease all over his shirt. <laughs> put it back on. I like that. That's some Lord of the Rings shit. That's really cool. Actually. It took it took yeah. a good amount of time for us to realize it was it was um, super dangerous, pretty bad for your lungs. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if, if you it, don't it's, disturb it, it's really good at, at what it does, right? Because it is. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, I think actually, it's it's most of the people who end up getting problems with asbestos are people who've worked with it yeah. for a long time in the mining and they're regularly breathing the dust. And the reason I think it's a problem is because it's. Um, it's that the crystals are sort of microfibrous yeah. in the same way that carbon nanotubes are. Right. And so there's this worry that carbon nanotubes will be similar to asbestos. What's in a the carbon way that they... nanotube? Because it sounds like the future. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's this, this material made of, of graphene, which is... Um, oh, it, graphene. Yeah, I know about graphene. Yeah, graphene like rolled up into tubes like a newspaper. Yeah. It's, What's the point of it? Well, if theoretically, if you could find a way to make it very reliable, is it phallic it would in be shape a, and a, nature? A, a super material, much like well, carbon obviously is graphite or diamond, for example. Diamond is a form of graphite. Carbon nanotubes are a form of graphite that are very, very strong. You know, stronger than any material that we have now. So it's potentially stronger than Wolverine's claws. Uh, well, d- d- it depends what you mean by strong. I mean stronger you know, um, than Wolverine's claws. It's a simple yeah. question. Well, it's a simple yeah, and question, his exoskeleton Lewis. as well. It's pretty strong too. Well, there's a difference between hardness and tensile strength. You nerd shit. Let's move on. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> apparently really could, it's one of those materials, one of these super materials that is very expensive to make, but potentially could be used to make things like a space elevator. Ooh. But at the same time, it is like asbestos effectively you know it will cause these lung problems if you have you know long exposure to yeah. it so you know it's a little bit like those little micro micro beads that people put into shampoos that are trying to get banned oh, apparently man. they're, they're they pretty bad, bad for, you? for the environment no they're bad for the environment the ones that they're are in the shampoo for... or the ones that are in like the are you talking about the um those like the little like grains of sand that are in like that shower gel sometimes no no you it's know, like, like you a, know when you look at it it's like tiny tiny balls and they're meant to be like full of shit like there's conditioner or some shit in them i don't know why they can't just mix it in it because it looks pretty i guess and i guess what, some of the like beads get balls? washed down get washed down oh. the, the, the the plug hole and they just never oh, pop. Oh, and then what? They release or like something will eat the bead hole. Yeah, and fish then eats the bead hole and gets full of, full of conditioner. I read a thing about yeah, plastic. Lot, that's that's a, a big thing. The plastic is sort of getting yeah, into everything. Fish. Like apparently they, yeah. they, they're hard pressed to, to catch a fish now that doesn't have fucking plastic in it in some way. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's like, it's basically small plastic that's being sort of eroded down to sort of small particles of it yeah. over time. But it's still bad for you. And it's just super bad for you. So, yeah, don't, yeah, it's spooky what we're doing to the world, isn't it? But asbestos was used very up until, well, I say up until relatively recently, but there was, like, I think it's, I think I read like a thousand tons of it was released into the air when the trade centers went yeah. up, for example. Oh, God. So, you know, like stuff like that, which is quite Yeah, quite well, because I but guess, when, not, were, when was the World Trade Center built? Like, it was in the Was it the 60s, 70s? Right? Mid, mid-70s. Mid-70s. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess back then they they still used it in a lot of buildings. Because it's like, yeah, the, yeah. the common thing now is that, like, old 
schools, um, hospitals. They they all used it for like insulation and stuff like that in in the in the roofs and whatever. It's a, it's a, it's like Y two K with computers, right? Remember they had to get like all these consultants in and everything yeah. to like. But you I, know, I think there's a difference. Disaster. There is a difference. Now there's like now there's like a mini industry around you know removing all of this like old old building work from True. you know hospitals. But and having schools said that, the Y2K thing was a load of shit. People actually was, do yeah. die. Were, were of you asbestos. involved in that, Sips? Were you actually doing stuff around? Were you actually working? Yeah, in as a twelve-year-old child, yeah. I was. Um, yeah, I was. I was really prolific in the uh, Y2K scene. You were scene. Not twelve. You were <laughs> 20. Uh, twenty. Twenty-two or something. <laughs> <laughs> So you're the same age as me. How old are you? I wasn't working when I was 20, though. I wasn't. I was. What, what the fuck was I doing when I was 20? No, I'm. Um, I'm younger than you. I'm 36. Like right. four years. So I, I was working over Y2K. Yeah. Like I'd finished university and I was working at uh, an insurance company in Bournemouth. Yeah. And I was part of their Y2K team. Oh, nice. These guys I were thought on. One of you was. Yeah. yeah. These, these guys were on like 1,000 to 1,500 pounds a day. I know, been, yeah, they've been working nuts. there for like two or three years preparing the company. Well, then again, that's not going to last very long, is it? It's no, not exactly sustainable. It's not, but I, I used to play with a job way past Y2K. Yeah, but dude, look, if they're working five days a week for like two or three years at £1,500 a day, and these guys were all in their 50s, like this, because yeah, this was and all. And they weren't stuff. working normal hours, they were clocking in the overtime like crazy yeah, as well. They're all external they, consultants. It was just insane. Yeah, the amount of money that They'd people were throwing They'd all turn up in their them. fucking sports cars and stuff because all these companies were shitting their pants that Y2K was going to cause the end of everything and they like we had to have this big midnight sort of shit, <laughs> Y2K shit. there was a lot yeah. of scaremongering about Y2K, Y2K. honestly Sips Y2K there was a lot of is, the, is the dumbest thing in the yeah, world yeah but that's it people basically <laughs> thought that what would happen would be that there would be some old Russian nuclear silo yeah. and the date format hadn't been put in properly and it would tick over to the year 2000 there would be some sort of stack overflow. The Russians would, like, th- the automated systems would think that they were under attack and they'd fire all the missiles. That was the level of fear yeah, yeah. that was going on about Y2K. And it, everyone thought that that would happen with the banks and the accountancy. And, <laughs> the you banks know, would if, go if, nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the banks would fire all of their, um, I don't know, ATMs. Uh, up in, the in the news today, HSBC has launched a uh, ICBM. <laughs> it looks like it's <laughs> heading towards... It's uh, headed towards NatWest. <laughs> headed right towards NatWest. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like uh, Lloyd's TSB has been uh, completely wiped off the face of the planet. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, we yeah, of the no. Lloyd's TSB shareholders board, uh, we surrender unconditionally to the forces of Halifax. We, we are prepared for nuclear launch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, oh, I used shit. to... Um, I used to play WoW with a bunch of um, guys who consulted during Y2K, and they were—they all took early retirement. They made yeah. so much fucking money. Yeah, it was it's crazy. They, they retired when they were like forty-five because they made so much money, just fucking consulting um, yeah, during Y2K crazy. and just clocking in insane amounts of overtime and stuff. But they, we had like, like a, a midnight for the rollover. There was like a midnight situation room. So we oh, had nice. the, the the whole floor of the office. We moved everything around. Like this is all I, you know, I, I was like the underling. So I, I wasn't involved in anything cool, but we had to get all the desks sorted out. We had all these whiteboards and I was like, right, 
Ted, we need to get a load of markers and white boys. We need to get all this kind of stuff because we're going to need to solve problems on the fly. I was like, no problem. So <laughs> we went out and got all this stuff and we had to get food in and everything. We were like ready, like hunkered down ready and fuck all happened. And we were like, hey, that's it. Let's go home. Like that was it. Yeah. It was so fucking fuck stupid. Me. Yeah. What a waste of time. Yeah. No, it was I wasn't, scary. I wasn't working yet by then because it was the lead up to it as well. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It was like three years. There was before. a lot of mileage out of that. When some some yeah, yeah, program, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, programmers always knew. And this was the this was the question that I put to my dad, which he said probably was his answer. I said, surely programmers would have known. And he says, and this is this is the the conspiracy theory going around, is that the programmers knew that when they were writing this software for the banks in the 70s and the 80s, if they didn't put in this year 2000 stuff, when it got to the year 2000 oh. and they were getting towards retirement, they could pick up a nice fat check by I turning up and saying, it's all right, we'll just build this in and we'll come in and say, oh, we'll fix it and we'll charge them thousands of dollars to right, do it. Flex, listen up to this, okay? So is it either A, Y2K was just a big scam the whole time and it was nothing and it turned over and everything was fine and everyone laughed about it, or B, those 55-year-old guys, that whole bunch of guys, did such a great job. They did so well. They robustly built and made protections for the system that it didn't cause any trouble at all because of those experienced right. but here's the thing. gentlemen. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think you've got to say, first of all, I don't think it was some vast conspiracy because someone would have come forward. I, I honestly think that at the time... The, the reason that it wasn't coded to deal with the year 2000 is nobody thought this code would still be being used in 20 to 25 well, you've years. You've got to also I understand mean, I, that, yeah, people don't think it's the future, okay? They really don't. Like, you know, imagine that you, you code this stuff in 1985, okay? Yeah. 15 years away. That Look was my dad. Now. My it's dad was doing 2017 now. Yeah. Imagine what you'd be doing in 2032. Jeez, it sounds like so fucking far yeah. away. You wouldn't think like that there would be a problem related to that year. But you it's think, like, oh, well, it, you know. So I've I've debugged programs before that were written in 1985 for a bank on a mainframe. Um, I did this kind of recently, like within the last 10 years or so. Programs that were written in like 1985 when I was five years old are still being used yeah, every yeah. day yep. in in massive batch processes by yep. banks, like overnight and stuff like that. I mean, I've looked at like, hundreds of programs I've, I've had to go through and I've had to localize programs and, and debug them when they're not working and stuff like that. Like all old shit that just stopped working for some reason or, um, you know, something new that's gone in isn't interacting well with it or whatever. But at that level, at like that program level, they're not there's there's nothing that's like dealing directly with dates like all that stuff is going to be derived from. Like the system, like the right, operating right. system, mm. you know, like like the bank I used to work at used to use a, a mainframe called the AS400, which is like the old ass IBM super computer thing. It, it, like it, it took up a fucking <laughs> whole room. It was like this gigantic thing that nobody knew how it worked. They were very I, forward thinking. Right? No, no, they, but, but when they designed but, it, they called it the old ass 400. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like right? so that but, in 15 years. But it was one of those things would, where it was it, it was and so it would, big and, and complex that it had to be maintained by IBM. You know, you couldn't just buy it from like Ricky down the road. Ricky, give me a mainframe. Uh, I need one for this new bank I'm starting up. Uh, All right. You know, so like, yeah. so, so IBM, IBM had to maintain this thing. Like, anytime anything went wrong, if there was hardware trouble, IBM had to come in and, and do it. If there was like some fucking weird shit happening, like you know, in in the actual 
sort of like operating system of the mainframe, like IBM had to get involved. Like there's nothing that, that you as a programmer for the bank could do about that sort of thing. So that's why sometimes like when the Y2K thing comes up, I'm just confused because it's like, what the fuck are these guys actually doing? Like, like all this time and money spent, like surely it was just down to like, you know, the big corporations that were supplying all of this stuff to the banks to sort it out, not like just some dude coming in and being like, hey, let me take a look at uh, QuickBooks and uh, see, hey, uh, yeah, no, this is is not Y2K compliant. You're going to have some problems here. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. Because those old guys knew how to program in fucking Fortran and COBOL and shit like that. And all these young kids, all these young whippersnappers coming out of university, it's all C++ and C Sharp. So (laughs) when you need some of these old grizzle coders like my dad, like he worked at a bank, he retired to Florida and he worked part-time at a bank up the road um, because they needed the exact same shit. The only people that worked with the team were old dudes like my dad and guys from India, because in India, they still knew how to code. And I think a lot of those companies said, do you know what people are going to need? A lot of those big banks, they still need people to program in these old languages that people don't use anymore because the languages are really efficient. They're really simple. Like I said to my dad, why don't the banks update the code for all this stuff? And he said, what's the point? What's yeah, the value? It, just, it would cost so much yeah. fucking money to do there's, as well. And there's no like, value. No, like what you would, you'd have to pitch this to the board. Right, guys, we've got this great idea. We're going we're to update all our code to C Sharp. Oh, yeah? What's, what's that going to change? Nothing. You won't notice any difference. It's going to be exactly the same, but the code's going to be different. They'd look at you like, why would we spend any money on that? Like, just but not carry just that, on. but they're 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 petrified that things won't work as well. It's like it's all the unknowns that come. Yeah, there's that right? too. Like it's yeah. like we've had this system in place since 1970 and it's been fine. Like you know, that's why I they don't totally, want to change it. Totally see that yeah. though, as a, as someone who's who's. I mean, the pro- we have this thing in the office, right? And it's like on one hand, we want the office to be really complicated and do stuff. We want to be able to like have any room connected to any room to hear it instantly we want to be able to have people hear their game audio but also record not the microphone you know and we end up having this overly complicated setup that no one knows how it works apart from sam in studio it is on the one hand it's it's overly complicated and only he knows how to do it but on the other hand he does just bring in random people occasionally and train them up in about a day to know how to do it so if we wanted if me and Duncan, we either complain about all the time <laughs> that we don't know how to use any of this stuff. But if we actually took a day out of our yeah, schedule, yeah. we would just be able to learn it. It's not actually that I bad. I think no. Sam, Sam's very clever there. He, he's designed a system. He's designed a system too complicated for anybody else to use. Sam has That's made a- himself a key worker. Very clever. Well played, Sam. That's a very typical thing that happens in the workplace. But I think, like, like I say, like Y2K could have been avoided if everybody had your mentality lewis and said you know what i'm just gonna take a day out i'm gonna train myself up <laughs> get in the know. <laughs> uh, just gonna just gonna yeah, i'm that... just gonna figure it all out in a day and you know what uh, yeah we're I not gonna have problems necessarily applies it was tricky yeah. we didn't really google didn't exist back in 2000 i don't think so it was oh, we're still using alta vista remember <laughs> Alta Vista. Alta Vista. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That, yeah, that, that does not apply, does it? Do you know, broadly? before Google, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, like, when I went, I went to college, I took computer programming, and Google was just, like, just, just, just coming about. Yeah, but yeah. it was not commonplace, and no. it wasn't as 
um, good as it is now. You know, like now you search for something, you fucking find a million, you know, yeah. answers to your questions or whatever. Back then, it wasn't the same. So, like, I'm I'm taking this programming course, and I actually had to look in books to figure things out, and it was hard as hell. Like, yeah. <laughs> just the answers are just not there, or yeah. they're not what you're expecting to find. Like nowadays, you Google something, and you can find like similar threads from forums and experts exchange, yeah, and this and that. Like, and it's I like, needed some code that does X. Here's an yeah, example of what and I it's wrote. Like, and sometimes, copy, like, paste, job done. Exactly. Sometimes people reach out and they're like, "Oh, I need it to do this," and some guy will reply and be, like, "Oh yeah, I just wrote this on the fly for you. Uh, just try this out." see if it works like thanks genius i wish i had that like uh, that would have been great you know i do wonder if it would be possible and this might this would make i've I've often thought it would be a funny tv series if you had people turn up to a job they have no training in the job whatsoever and the people that are working at their job think that this person has been trained to do it and they have to see how long they can fool everybody into thinking that they absolutely belong there so like you have some guy go into a big boardroom meeting like one of these really high level boardroom meetings he's our new director of international affairs and relations or some some bullshit title that you know these fuckers are going to have it doesn't matter told, what it means you, nobody you, you knows you could get away with it for a lifetime I you could get away with it for a lifetime some jobs because people do it all the fucking time you don't need to know what you're doing you turn up to a meeting you don't say anything and you agree with the right people and you're done they yep. think you're a fucking legend you ask a couple of questions. could you just clarify that last point for me please and they'll think oh he's really listening and then yeah. you say, I, I agree. I think that's a very good idea. Yeah, this guy's really... Yeah, he's done, I thought it was a very productive meeting, this guy. And then he, he gets back to his desk and carries on playing solitaire for the rest of the day. <laughs> but like constantly looking to make sure nobody's watching him do it. It's like... God, that was my life for five years. Yeah, well, you not not just you, man. There's fucking Ugh. like 99% of the people out there working are like that, I would say. At least the ones I've encountered. Holy shit. Like learning, figuring out how to look busy was a big part of my job for five years. That, that's the most stressful part of working. It is. And, and waiting for five o'clock so I could run out and get my train at five past. Like yeah. they were like, he's, oh, so, he's often five or ten minutes late in, but he always leaves on time. You've got to give him that credit. He's very punctual when it's five o'clock. You can't oh. see him for dark. He's out the door. <laughs> that's one of those things that, that people latch onto, right? When, you, when, pe- when uh, people at work, right? They get very sensitive about those types of things because they're very easy to pick up on. Okay, you can pick up on if someone's coming in late or going home early very easily, but it's very much very difficult to pick up on how productive they are actually at work, how efficient they are, how good they are around those other things. You know, someone might come in 10 minutes late every day and leave 10 minutes early, but they might be your most efficient member of staff by like a country mile. But you'd never be able really to like know that they were but everyone everyone around the office would would kind of be really annoyed about that guy and going like oh that guy doesn't do anything you know he's always coming in late always going home early clocking off what a lazy asshole it's not but 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 i guess what i'm trying to say is that you know if you want to stay under the radar you know just make sure you turn up on time yeah (laughs) and uh and see the other classic thing they always say is be angry like like look busy yeah. Right? Yeah, and look, no one will doubt busy. that you're not doing it yeah 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 i yeah. think like most places uh, and in my experience like I, I i worked at a place where there were two guys okay it was that uh, it was an it department there was like 40 people working in this it department and literally two guys did everything and everyone else i don't know what they did okay i wasn't one of the guys who did everything i i was one of the guys who's like well i 
whatever. So these two guys knew all the systems. They'd been around forever. They were like older guys. They would fucking turn up late every day, like without fail. They just fucking marched to the beat of their own drum. Okay. And there was nothing anybody could do about it because they were so indispensable because they'd written all these like fucking programs that nobody understood. And they maintained all these systems that nobody could be bothered finding out about and stuff. So they would, they would be late they would fucking stay late sometimes. Sometimes they would just leave early randomly and stuff. And everybody's like, what the fuck? But like, there's, there's nothing they could do to these guys. They couldn't get rid of them because they would just be fucking up shit's creek instantly because nobody knew half of the shit that was going on except for these guys. And they, and they just got away with it. It was, it was nuts. And everyone else would just sit around all day talking about like fucking, I don't know, football and, and whatever and like where they're going on vacation and stuff like it was it was it was the weirdest weirdest experience yeah. in in work ever but it's so like commonplace as well because the next place I went to work at was exactly the same it was just like it's just replace the two guys from the previous one with two new guys who were the same I'd love just to been be. around and they were really good friends with the boss and right, stuff right. and everybody else was just a spare part that was occasionally used for something or or might have somehow been good at something or whatever but it all hinged on these two guys, like who didn't go on holiday at the same time. <laughs> like it was just crazy. It was, just, it was just, it was like working at a fucking funny farm. It was just nuts. I feel like everyone in our office is kind of indispensable in the in the sense like that that a lot of people do something that we can't do and do it very very well. And and I think the way we've sort of tried to deal with that, that there's people kind of taking advantage of that is by. Just being putting, just putting an orange in a sock and beating just, the fuck out of them. Yeah, just, that's, yeah. that's the best a way. A bar of soap no, in I th- a sock. I think, well, I, I, it's weird to say, but I think we've learned. I, I always feel like I've learned a lot of my life lessons from World of Warcraft. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. How tragic. I'm, I'm Unfortunately, I was educated by World of Warcraft. <laughs> it took, took 10 years of my life. And so a lot of my philosophy stems from I like to apply that. doing um, quest um, routes to my real life as well when i'm running errands i like to be as efficient as possible i like to take the most efficient route and accomplish as many quests i can along the way so that, that's, I get home, that's a good idea what i do I is when i when i've done quests. something i go up to my wife and I, I ask for the gold and the item that she promised me upon completing the quest <laughs> never gives me shit just a little bit of experience that's it what a waste yeah. of time. i genuinely think yeah. that's something that i find satisfaction in by the way sips that that little thing where you're like let's get as many things done as possible i'm gonna <laughs> take the car out yeah. so i'm gonna get this done and this done and this done oh, then when be, i come home you'd be a great three quests at once you'd be a great dad because every dad sets out to do that and it never works out that way and that is the life of a dad it's, it's just like you mean i'm well. gonna go i'm gonna be ultra efficient today i'm gonna do these three things and then you end up doing like seven things and those seven things are not the three things that you set out to do and the order is totally reversed and there's a lot of in- and you have inefficiency to the next day in between to exactly as well. the same place yeah. to kill those skeletons again <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly but it yeah. but replace skeletons with supermarket yeah. and skeleton bones with nappies so so what <laughs> other life lessons has uh world of warcraft taught you then? well i think the good one that i learned was that when you what well, this this was something i learned through raiding okay so when you raid with people yeah you would you, it was very addictive in a sense that but it, it's, it seemed addictive, but it wasn't addictive in that sense. It was like I, you always turned up on time because other people were waiting on you and you didn't want to let them down. Yeah. Okay. That's, I think, why WoW 
still has these communities of people who raid together yeah. for years and years, even though well, if you asked everyone in the actual raid group whether they hated it or not, um, they would all say, yes, we, I hate it. Why do I still come? Oh, I still come because everyone else wants me to come. So you've got this this group of 40 people, or 20 people, however many people turn up every week to do something they each hate because they are what don't want to let the other people down. And they don't realize that all of the rest of them hate it. Mm. It's this weird thing, okay? So... I think that that kind of philosophy of not wanting to let people down is actually a much more of a big motivator for me to get out of bed in the morning. If I had to come in in the morning and do some work on my own, I'd be like, oh, I'll just <laughs> don't stay wanna, in bed. I don't want to do anything worthwhile. I just don't want to let anyone down. But that's it, so. right? So I will come in and, and every morning and do stuff because I don't because I, I feel like, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to let Duncan down, I don't want to let, you know, Terps down, I don't want to let any of the people down that I've promised that I'll turn up for this thing. And and usually I, I have to be very conscious in that I'm not hating those things too, yeah. right? And, you, and sometimes it's a bit strange because sometimes you could do anything with friends and it's fun. There's, right? a, yeah. there's a t-shirt. Sometimes, I like that. You can do anything with friends can, and on the back it says, and it's fun. I like that. that yeah, that's, that's a, a real feel-good t-shirt. A, that's like an old wise man saying maybe, but it's. I think that's somewhat true, you know. I think that you don't. It doesn't matter how crappy the game is you're playing. Like, how much did we? How much do we hate Dota? Like, after a while, but we still enjoy it because we're there, like shooting shit with with friends. Dude, you know? I played last night. Um, Pudge Techies in lane. Me and Monticus. It was one of the best games I played in ages. New New Techies if you could is actually amazing. Make it if you can actually have fun as well. Then you know if if uh, that's great. You know, but I think that sometimes for me, it doesn't matter what we're doing as long as we're doing it with friends. But but if you can if you could kind of get through that layer of Oh God, this game makes us hate each other. Like I think that was with us and Divinity, right? Oh God, I think, I think that that Divinity with us was was like <laughs> so we were having salty. fun because we were together, but the game itself was frustratingly like. I think I feel like that with certain other things that we do sometimes, and I think just being aware of those things because if you have that golden combination of you're with your friends that you like spending time with and you're playing something that's fun, yeah. then you get really really good stuff Cheer. out of that. Yeah. My yeah, problem is, is I don't like anyone and I hate fun, so <laughs> I'm stuck. It's it's finding that magical combination. Like I think when we did the live streams over Christmas, we a lot of that happened, right? Like there were these like when you did the Star Wars D and D, I think you really really enjoyed oh, that. That was great, yeah. In, and everyone like totally raved about it. And we we did our we did a D and D Star Wars D and D as well um, with a completely different group of people. Yeah, and it was completely different to yours, but we had a we had a a, a great time. Yeah, you know. And then when we did when Sips came down and we played Stellaris. Oh, it was pr- it, the game was pr- pretty boring. I think we got bored of it, yeah. and as a result, it didn't have that same joyous energy to it. You know. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think every, I think everyone else enjoyed themselves, but I think it was just you, really. You got bored. Were you in a shitty part of the galaxy? You guys had a shit area. Well, or? it was it was just not the right choice of game, really. I think sometimes when sometimes you have to feel that you're able to you know no one wants to to do something that that they feel like they're they're they're, they're shit at like in a dota game imagine you try and like jungle on a character that doesn't jungle because you don't know what you're doing you know and they just have a horrible 45 yeah. minutes you know i, I still enjoy not, myself i just like hitting creeps yeah i think it's i think it's it, it's not it's as the, good it's as the little things i played last night and i played as nature's prophet and i did nothing all I did was ult. That was how I got. I got like 18 assists just by using my ult. I didn't kill a single hero in the entire game. I went 0-3-18. All I did was shoot. I just killed creeps. I killed 500 creeps. Took 50 minutes. I contributed so little to helping my team other than just killing creeps. That's it. 
It's like a single player I game. Think maybe maybe Dota is safe now to you though, right? It's like a safe option. Like sometimes if you're trying something new, like a new game that might not work, it's not always going to guarantee. Yeah. I think that's why when we do when we do when we pick stuff for the Christmas um, month, we try to try and pick things that we are, know are safe, right? Like we know OpenTTD, yeah, oh, that's that yeah. for two hours yeah, is going to yeah. be safe. We know that certain things are going to be safe. Um, and when we try stuff that uh, is new, like like multiplayer Stellaris, it's not guaranteed to be um, safe. It might be amazing. It might be fun. Everyone might get into it, but there's the chance that it will sort of not be as good. And so that's the risk you sometimes take on these these live recordings. You know, if it, if this was done, if it was not done live, if we just did it, recorded it, and edited it, we could always trim 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 out all the boring bits, boring bits, or have a little breaker where we discuss like how you're going to play this hey, game. Hey, that's what editors are for. God bless them. No, but it allows you more flexibility. If you're thinking like after an hour. Oh man, this this isn't working. Um, you if you're doing a live stream, you can't just well, you can stop it, I suppose. But it sort of feels like if you've planned the whole night out around that one game and you've got seven people there, what you you can't just be like, oh, actually, <laughs> this <it> sucks. <laughs> yeah. Let's, Let's play GeoGuessr instead. <laughs> yeah, that's a great game. Actually, GeoGuessr. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really good. Turns out, it's great. so yeah. Sorry, resolutions wise, I think that's that's one of the things I'm sort of thinking about doing. Really, is is just trying to get it, it's a, it's a good to having two weeks off over Christmas makes you sort of bored and frustrated that you're not doing your normal job. You know, after two weeks, it's almost like I'm I was hungry to get back. Yeah, to yeah, work. me too. You know, for the first week, I was like, I'm so glad to not be doing. I was anything. off for two weeks, and like mostly, I sat around my track pants playing video games, and I thought to myself, "Fuck, I, this sucks. I have to get back to work <laughs> so I can sit around my track pants and play video games." Don't, don't you hate? God. There's always that part in Christmas that I used to hate when I was a kid, where. And now, now uh, I just don't do it anymore. Right? I just, I just never leave the house for the whole of Christmas. Like I barely left the house for two weeks. If if everybody went out, like my mum was up, my mum and the wife and the kids are going out. They're like, "Do you want to come?" I was like, "Nope," because I hate doing shit that's boring. Like I hate it. Yeah. I've just grown to hate it. And I remember yeah. when I was a kid, you you're coming out. No, don't make me go. You're coming out. We're going. It's like great, and you'd have to go out and it'd be like you and some other kid you don't really like or know, and a bunch of old relatives having a conversation that's completely boring, and you you, you have no stake in, and you don't even understand what they're really talking about, and they're not even enjoying themselves. They're just making that small talk that extended family tends to make about boring shit. You just have to sit there and just fucking suffer for hours and hours. Oh God, you can't even drink because you're a kid. So now I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my Christmases fun. I'm going to start drinking at three every day. Holy I'm going to just shit. fucking do nothing for two weeks. It was great. And that's nice. I think, well, for me, Christmas was a little bit of a refresher. So it was for me, it was like, a, it was a turn off what you're doing, do something different. You know, I went back to my parents and stayed with them for a couple, well, about as long as I could handle. Two, which two was minutes. About, <laughs> yeah, like four days. Hi, mom. And then I was, Bye, I was, mom. <laughs> It was great. We were really friendly for like the first three days. And then obviously we were getting on top of each other. And it was like, you know, uh, can you go now? And I was like, yeah, I'm going now. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, but I got back home and they immediately were like, okay, you're here. But And, and they have their own life, yeah. right? And you have to fit into their life in a sense. And so they're like, well, you're here. It's nice to have you, but we're going to go and um, we have to go and do this thing. So do you want to come? And I was like, I guess. And so 
basically what they had to do was they had they 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 do this uh, thing in in Onga, Chipping Onga, which is my it's town, called my it's hometown. called it's called swinging, and uh, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't too sold on the concept at initially, first. Initially, I thought it was a after good I had idea. sex with an old woman randomly. It was it really turned me into it. it. Really turned me into a swinger. I was that was it for I was me. Hooked. It's me and swinging now. <laughs> it was it was it was it was um replacing these big potted plants. So imagine a, a classic pirate barrel. Okay, imagine you cut it in half. And then just put fill it full of plants, okay? Um, and you just you know you leave them around town as decoration, okay? So someone did that about twenty five years ago, probably, or maybe maybe less than that. Um, and these these barrels had completely like rotted and rusted to the point that they were just falling apart, okay? Right. My parents were like, "We're gonna go and get to. We bought two new. We 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 didn't buy them. The council paid, you know, donations. Local people bought two more of them. Load of plants. We're gonna go and replace them. It'll look nice, okay? So we go there, and, and the first thing to do is to remove the old barrels, right? But whoever had put them down was obviously this local old chap who was convinced that they would be stolen. Okay, by the local youths or whatever. <laughs> by Wolverines. Um, and so the, he had chained them with these incredibly strong chains to the wall of the, the, the church. And they were just, the chains were just not coming off. Okay. So my dad had brought his little dad toolkit with him. Okay. It, just in case we ran into any problems. This is a very dad thing to do. Well, at least for my dad. It's like, you know, we're going to replace two pot plants. How difficult can that be? Well, you know, just in case I'm going to bring uh, a hammer a saw um you know all this other stuff with him so we had this whole toolkit and very very quickly realized that these chains were not coming off so i had to i had to use this hacksaw to saw through the metal chains which i've never done anything like that in my life yeah so i'm there like hacking away cutting through these chains i feel like i'm breaking into a sort of prison compound you know kind of thing yeah um or like hacking my way out of prison i'm i'm in like skyrim in my head you know like (laughs) like and so you cut through all these chains and then when we sort of we start trying to move these barrels and we find that a second protective measure this old man has done is basically fill the bottom half of these these barrels with bricks um so they're like just impossibly heavy to move anywhere so even if some local youth had decided to steal a barrel full of plants okay he first of all would have had to deal with two double thick chains and then second the bricks just filling it up i mean it it blows my goddamn mind Holy really shit that, man. That, the paranoia of old blokes. God. Anyway, we finally got it done. Got it done, and it was like it took like it was dark by the time we finished. You know, I, and um, and it was it was nice. It was refreshing. It was something different. And everyone does different stuff. It's good to meet other people and and just experience life through their eyes for a day. Gives you perspective. You know, you guys listening. Out Man, there. I don't need perspective. You know what? <laughs> you know what I did this Christmas, similar to Pyrian. Go on. If we had to go somewhere boring that I didn't want to go, I just took my iPad with me and I fucking sat somewhere and played Plants vs. Zombies 2, like, the whole time. Is it as good as the first one? It's all right. The first one was so great. God, I loved the first one. It's similar to the first one. Like, um, but there's just more to it, but... It's all right. But you do do this, Sips. You do take holidays, right? You did take a little holiday over Christmas, didn't you? Yeah. You went to uh, Santa Parks or wherever, or yeah. or the zoo or whatever, yeah. and had a, had it had it. You went out of your. You experienced something that was outside. Not, not of your... willingly. Like going on vacation with 
kids is not having a vacation. Yeah, there's it's, no fun there. It's more it's more work than being at home. No, and you I get back super tired. I don't, I don't care whether it's not I don't care to care about that. I think it's it's good for your soul and your brain to experience that different from your normal routine. It's refreshing. It's it's different. It's it, it doesn't have to be good. It can be good. Sure. The idea is for it to be good, but it shouldn't you shouldn't go somewhere that's deliberately bad either. I'm not suggesting you go and like torture yourself for a week. Um, but some people would like doing that, you know. Men, um, go going... on a vacation with kids, two kids, and fucking submit your trip report when you're back. Let me know how you feel about that. <laughs> I mean... I'm just saying that, you know, it's 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 better to do it than, than not to. You know, I think you can get sort of stuck in this sort of quite frustrating, isolating, echo chambery place on your own if you're just sat there doing nothing you know and if your only escape is get drunk yeah man. you, you mean only escape i didn't say my only escape that's not like the only thing yeah, i've got dude going plays in a lot life. of dota as well jeez i do i i, I have lots flex, of good things going you on are, in my life I, you have had plenty of refresh refreshing things you know you went to boston for the dota 2 that major was work, dude that was hard work yeah but it's it's a complete change to your normal routine of get up be a dad Sit in front of the computer playing Dota all day. Go to bed. You you're know, it's, really it's, selling me down here, buddy. That is your like... analysis of people is really weird. <laughs> are you saying? Are you saying that you would prefer not to have done that? Who told you, know, you that? Are you saying no, that... I, I didn't realize that was the conversation. I'm loving life. I'm just saying that everybody needs a break. Even even billionaires get bored of it occasionally. I bet, and they're like, "Shit, I need a change." Like, like you know, we're not meant to yeah. live in like one life place. Stinks. We're Mel meant Mel to Brooks... roam. The, the savannah, looking for the next yeah. kill, you know, living life on the edge. I mean, Mel just... Brooks got sick of being rich and he 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 was he became impoverished in Life Stinks. Remember that movie? <laughs> I do that was a really remember good one. that movie. That it's, was a really good one. Yeah. I think there's a good lesson there. And that's that, you know, if you keep doing the same shit over and over, you get complacent. You don't enjoy it much anymore. You got to change it up sometimes. Yep. Even if, even if I, I mean, my life at the moment is I'm really enjoying it. It's it's I'm very happy. It's going great. But, you know, you still need to change the case. And sometimes you just don't feel like doing anything. And that's that's yeah. that. Absolutely. So what are your New Year's resolutions, guys? What, what are you planning this year? What, what's, what, are, what do you want to change, if anything? If you're happy, Nothing, then, then man. obviously you what's don't need point? to worry. The New Year's resolutions is last for like two weeks. Like most people, most people are like, I'm going to get more organized. And they go and buy like a bunch of plastic bins from B&Q or whatever. Like yeah. go to B&Q today, Lewis, and, and see what they have on sale. My, my, have I do have from, one. <laughs> from floor to ceiling will be plastic, plastic containers bins. and exercise equipment it's because true. that's all that fucking people do after New here's Year's. What, like, here's oh, my okay, plan. I gotta get my life back on track for two weeks and then they just my go back to being... My plan is I'm going to rearrange my office. That's it. My office is getting rearranged. I'm actually going to tidy it up and I'm going to put shit on the walls and I'm going to have shelves and organize my stuff because it's just a dumping ground. And it, I live in this room, damn it. It needs to be more than that. So that's my news resolution is to deliver for you, the the the, the viewing public, uh, a nicer nicer room. That's a nicer it. room. That's you all gonna I decorate get. it? Make it look less like a um, for that for that Eastern European in the corner of your <laughs> yeah. stream nursing so, home. That's it. Yeah. Now because people say it looks like a hospital bed, so I'm gonna move. It, it. does. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's very clear. I, th- I think it's like it gives gives character though. Like yeah, but it's just a, a bed, and gives I normally a bit just of mystery. dump laundry Whoa, on it. This guy broadcasting from an insane asylum. <laughs> this is interesting. Wow, this guy's not. Watch this guy. Holy shit. 
They actually let them stream from there? Wow. New Year's resolutions are a good thing, though, right? They're a very good thing. They are. They do have a measurable effect that is They're not, is man. They're, they're, two they're, weeks. Not, they're not a good thing. Two they're, weeks. Yeah. What do you mean? Two a New weeks Year's resolution is, a, is, a, is, a is just a fucking marketing con. Yeah. Like, like, like the no ceilings in your, in your office. It is. It totally no. fucking is. It's a way for them to sell shit that they couldn't sell before Christmas. Bingo. What do you, what, you think that New Year's resolutions are just a, a marketing gimmick to get people to it buy is. exercise People don't bikes. work like that. People do not work like that. It's just there is a, people no, will I, slump I saw, back into habits two weeks later, guaranteed. Well, of course they do. Of course they do. Like 95% of and New Year's resolutions. And all they have to show for their New Year's resolution is a bunch of empty plastic containers and exercise equipment Listen, with dust on it. Sips, That's it. 95% of New Year's resolutions don't get done. But that means 5% do. And that is actually a lot yeah, more than the zero. Oh my god! Well, the five percent are probably people that are like fucking hopelessly hooked on heroin and stuff like that. Like <laughs> who've actually had to make positive change in their life no, I to think, keep living. No, I think the five percent that get done are things like I'm going to do more heroin this year. That's my resolution. Like the, yeah, yeah, that's the ones true. That that's another way of looking at it. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to jerk off twenty times a day. That's my resolution, <laughs> and I'm going to do it. Uh, he did it. He did it. Well done. He fucking did it. He can't see anymore. <laughs> but, 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 but by God, he did it. He did it. Oh no, they, they, it's a joke, man. Like I, New Year's resolutions. I never fucking bother. I have no plans for the new year. I'm just gonna do the same shit I always do because that know that that's exactly what's gonna happen. It works. Have you not had it like during the break? Had to think about you know changes you might want to make or like no. you know. It just fucking do it when it when the time is right, man. Like, do I feel like doing this now? No. Will I do it in like two weeks' time? Probably. Or like, you know, when yeah. when the situation becomes desperate, I don't need a fucking New Year's resolution for that. I know yeah. it's gonna happen at some point. Jeez. If something important is coming up, then uh, my wife will remind me. Don't forget. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. I forgot. Were you listening when I told you about this thing? Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Uh, but Shit, yeah, of so course much I was. To do. I was. I was just testing to make sure you remembered. <laughs> <laughs> the classic. Yeah. Oh, you two are the worst. No, oh what God. are you talking about, man? We're living. We're living, I, we're, we're we're living the two chillest guys you know. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah, who wants to hear what? Bodega Part Nueve? Oh man. Oh cool. I do actually. If you don't oh, want cool. to, if you don't want to, that's fine. But if you'd like to, <laughs> is it a, is it a New Year's special? Is it Christmas special? <laughs> no, it's not. Is it's it... not themed in any way. Fuck. Does, I do want to say. Does Bodega like, have any New Year's resolutions himself? Fuck no, dude. No. I'm a little bit sick of the Sherlock and Doctor Who and all these things being done as like Christmas sort of specials now. I'm a little bit... Yeah, it sucks. Oh, that, hey, it man, two people shit. died in EastEnders over the Christmas break as well. Did you hear about Was that? Was Phil Mitchell one of them? No, no. He's oh, due man. to die soon, apparently. But no, Ronnie and Roxy Mitchell died. They drowned wow. in a hotel pool. Oh, my God. I remember, I, I remember Roxy Mitchell. That name rings a bell. Let me Google Yeah, that. yeah, Roxy Mitchell and her sister Ronnie. I haven't watched. Both died. Oh, she died, ever. huh? Yeah, fucking crazy, eh? Like, I don't know. Sometimes when people die in a soap, though, you think like, I wonder if they just like got on the bad side of like the writers or the the producer or whatever, you know? Because like to die, no, you're never I think, coming you know back. What it is? I think it's the Game of Thrones effect. Okay, that everyone's thinking. Why is Game of Thrones successful? They kill a lot of people. Yeah. We need to kill more people. Who are we going to kill? I who mean, do we, who can we EastEnders kill? EastEnders are pretty consistent for killing somebody every Christmas, but. Um, two people this Christmas. Two people, yeah. It's a pretty big one, yeah. Yeah. Usually there's some big blowout, some big life-changing 
blowout. Somebody gets sent to jail or somebody dies or fucking, you know, some shit like that. Mm. It's it's usually explosively big, not just like, yeah, somebody's come back, you know, after 20 years or whatever. That's usually not like yeah. enough. It's got to be big. They have to keep upping themselves though too right they have to be like okay this has to be more explosive than last time we have to kill more people has to be more dr- it's like game of thrones right they have to every season they have to up the body count so they're like we've detected the a next- nuclear warhead underneath walford it's got a y2k bug in it <laughs> phil mitchell phil mitchell reveals i've done a bit of full track programming in my time like rolls back <laughs> phil mitchell's a fortran consultant <laughs> Oh, don't worry. (laughs) Phil, save us. Hold on, love. I'm debugging. Fucking hell. (laughs) I'm debugging. Oh, fuck. Oh, Oh, shit. shit. (laughs) I know you guys don't watch the soap. I mean, I don't even watch the soaps. They're just on a lot in the background. So I pick up these bits and pieces. My wife is like, oh my God, Ronnie and Rox, you're dead. It's like, what? How? It's this osmosis though, isn't it? Through through other TV shows and other people talking about them and right, radio shows. And you just hear about this, the sort of, you hear about what's happening in EastEnders without having yeah, to watch yeah. it. Hey, you know what? Do you guys, Bizarre. can I tell you something quick before we bodega? Sure. Yeah. I watched... What did I watch the other day that caused... Oh, yeah. We bought the um, original animated 1957 Jungle Book. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. Okay. And we watched okay. it on one day, like, during the break. He's back at school now, so his, his break's over. He's off for, like, three weeks. So one day, I, I took him to town. We had some pizza for lunch. And we bought the Jungle Book and we came home and we watched it. And it was really good. And I, I remember it being like one of the better Disney movies. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I watched it as a kid. And now my son has watched it as a kid and he really liked it as well. And I was watching it. And then after the movie ended, because it was like, it was, it was on, a, on a disc. They had like this, like a special feature thing. And this guy's like, oh, hey, my name is Ron and I work at, at Disney Animation Studios. And one of the cool things about my job is that we get to go through some of the old, like whatever things and uh, the storyboards and stuff. And actually there was an alternate ending to the Jungle Book that we found. And uh, I'm going to go through it now. So oh, went through the whole thing. And it was this big, long-winded fucking clown fiesta of an ending. That that oh god, that I, got I thought it was going to be some sort of so, dark thing no, where no, they all it, died it, at the end. No, it, it was kind of weird. It was really long winded. Like there was like this bully in the village after Mowgli went back, and he was didn't believe Mowgli and didn't like him because he lived in the jungle. And then they had like some showdown in the jungle and like Mowgli couldn't adapt to village life. It was so fucking long winded and god. weird. They cut it all in the end, and they just opted for what was in in the movie, but. They were saying, like, they showed all this, like, footage of Walt Disney himself being, like, super involved in, like, the process. And they had all these, like, other characters that didn't make it into the movie. And it it just sort of, it got me thinking. It was like, fuck, it's crazy to think, you know, like, The Jungle Book, it's just, like, for me, like, I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's nostalgia, but... I just thought it was one of those perfect movies, you know, like it was the perfect length that had like really good songs in it. Like the, the story was pretty good and everything. And it was just like, just like kind of a perfect movie, right? Mm. I, you never consider how much work goes into a, a movie coming out like that, you yeah. know, like all of the shit that they could have put into it that would have wrecked it or yeah. like made it too long winded and, and wrecked it and stuff like that. And 
so I started looking, so I started reading about Walt Disney and, and, and Disney itself and everything. And it's fucking crazy. Like, similar to the movie, fucking Disney, like, almost went bankrupt, like, 50 times. Like, he, like Disney himself had, like, a nervous breakdown and, like, started up, like, five to ten different companies that went bust before, like, Disney became Disney and stuff. And it's, it's crazy to think, like, you know, like, I always just thought Disney was just this big successful company that had like pretty high standards and stuff like that and they never did anything wrong yeah but my god like most of their movies were flops when they came out they were like ill-timed they came out during world war ii when nobody had money to go watch movies and stuff and like they they were just so close to losing it all like so many times like they they were in so much debt and stuff it's oh it's nuts it's crazy and then but it was the theme parks that kept them going like i think at one point like 80 percent of their revenue was their theme parks like, wow. No if it was, wasn't for that, yeah, they would be fucking gone. Jesus. Crazy, yeah. Holy shit. Uh, they made, I think, something like seven billion last yeah. year just off the yeah, movies. It's nuts. Well, like they've they've acquired so much stuff along the way too, like the Muppets, Marvel, Star Wars now, like and and their back catalogue of movies have, have just oh, yeah. uh, generation after generation have become even more popular. I know but C- it's crazy Cinderella, to think, the, like, the movie Cinderella was like a make or break film for Disney. Like, yeah, that was like the film that like they'd messed around with stuff before. But that when Cinderella came out, it was such a huge hit that it, yeah. it literally turned the whole fucking. But I think out. after Cinderella, after Cinderella for like years and years, they didn't make any animated um, feature length movies. And it wasn't until 89, The Little Mermaid was like their they came back yeah. and made an animated film again. But from like, Man. for the longest time, they just had like live action movies and stuff that like did okay. Yeah, they were fucking awful. Yeah, yeah. But like The Little Mermaid uh, was released and that was the start. It was like Little Mermaid, Aladdin, The Lion King, and then yeah, Beauty yeah. and the Beast, like year after year for four years. And they were just like sensational. Like, do you remember there was a period huge. when Disney movies, they all had... Um, What's her name? The the woman in uh, Silence of the Lambs. What's that actress's name? Oh, Jodie Foster. Yeah, they were like Jodie Foster was in a bunch of the shit. It was all like yeah, they, they were all like these sort of uh, rambunctious, wacky movies that were fucking awful. Uh, you know, Walt Disney's last words were reportedly Kurt Russell. That was his last words. He just went Kurt Russell and died. <laughs> Man, <laughs> no, well, well, dude, dude wow. died in like sixty five. So like, it's insane to think that. You know, like the company that he left when he died was not that big, really. Yeah. Like he was, he was pretty wealthy at the time and stuff. But you Compared know, they, to they now, had the yeah, yeah. They they hadn't even opened Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. Like it was, it was still being built when he died. And like, and nowadays, it's like what? You know, honestly, the stories billion. around that are really, really interesting as well. Yeah. They they bought up all this land under under like. Um, different different people's names so they wouldn't realize that it was all being bought up by disney and they slowly very carefully bought up all of this huge amount of land on the cheap yeah um and it was oh it's really really clever some of it's amazing anyway it's, in, it's an interesting read it's a it's an it's an interesting company to read about especially we if are you obviously yeah if you're really if you're of the that, opinion that disney has has always just like uh, been this big fucking blockbuster company and and stuff it, it's it's interesting but that to see sounds to me sips like a really magical day that you had with your son and it's like a little bit you know emotional i'm feeling a little tear in my eye because you know you, you walked out you smelt a flower <laughs> you did some portage together out into town yeah you know you picked up a, a dvd copy of a film that you remember yeah and well, obviously, well, my new... obviously when you watched it 
you know, you were triggering stuff because you, you from your childhood, you must it must have it must have awakened some well deep seated memories. The, 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 of, the moments where I turned to watch it because I was playing Plants vs Zombies at the same time. <laughs> right. But also, right, right. my New Year's resolution is to really tone that stuff down because, like, I think like right. a couple of magical moments a year is okay, but too many. Right. Too magical. So. It's a bit too magical. I'm gonna for make me, 2017 you know? like, uh, less magical. I don't magical. like magic that yeah, much. Too yeah, <laughs> yeah. So 20, make 17 make, less magical. Make 2017 less magical. Yeah, that could be the title yeah. of the podcast. Good one. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! I love it. Anyway, let's let's do bodega right. and let's get okay. out of here. Bodega Pot Nueve. All right. Now, Nueve. if you remember, in, in Pot Ocho, he was on the planet with the Dildonian, and at the end of that's that right, episode, right, yeah. at the end well. of that episode, he, he decided he was going to start well. a small business. Okay, so that's yes. the, the pitch for Pot Nueve. A small red light blinked on, and the intercom atop the desk. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. You got to do the intro though. You got to go bodega. Sorry, sorry. <clears throat> bodega Pot Nueve. A Thanks. small red light blinked on, and the intercom atop the desk of Sheila Bam barked. Forms! Uh, infernal thing! What in the crackle? Forf! From the next room, a voice shouted, Sheila, could you get me a pile of them R580V Cronkine text forms, please? Sheila smiled and rose, shuffling towards the filing cabinets in the corner. She quickly located the R580Vs and took them through to Bodega's office. Here you are, darling, she said, setting them on his cluttered desk. Shoot, I can't get this gork damn intercom to do a flarvin' thing. I'll just set the hollering if I need you next time, said Bodega, scowling at the small smoking intercom unit, a thin zip blade embedded in its face. Oh. He'd wanted one of these since it seemed like a thing people had in offices. It made the office look more office It's very 80s. Very 80s. It Isn't was it? garbage. Total waste of squirrels. <laughs> Sheila, Sheila smiled and turned to leave. Working for Bodega was challenging. He loved technology, but also hated it. He was lovable, but also a terrifying and heavily armed killer on the run from the feds. But it was steady pay and had good dental coverage, so Sheila was happy. Her teeth were a mess. As she was leaving his office, she noticed Bodega had written some names on a whiteboard on the wall. You got the numbers for all that lot, or do you need me to get the Galactic Interlocatron out? Most of these fellas ain't had contact details for years. Gonna need the old GI for this one, yep, said Bodega, leaning back in his chair and putting his feet up. And how about some scoffy? Scoffy was short for Space Coffee, a name so stupid even Bodega <laughs> balked at using it. But Scoffy was great. He felt like a real office person when he put his feet up on his desk and asked for his secretary to get him a cup of Scoffy. She knew how he took it too. Scream and two scruggers. The ideal colour for a oh. cup of coffee was, in Bodega's opinion, perfect tan. Nice. And to ensure Sheila knew this exact shade, he'd taped a photo of the ideal cup of scoffee next to the scoffee machine. He also had a tiny surveillance camera that fed straight into his computer terminal so he could watch her while she brewed it to ensure there was no poisoning, mussing, nor fooling going on with his beverage. Right. Nice. About ten minutes later, just as the scoffee was kicking in, a notification popped up on Bodega's screen. Sheila performance review, it said. Flarv. Time to let Sheila know how she was doing and such. This was what management was all about, he guessed. <laughs> Sheila, he shouted. A moment later, she entered his office. Sit your butt down, Sheila, said Bodega, trying to look kind of official. There was a long silence. You're doing great. Now get me a scoffee, he said. She smiled, <laughs> she smiled and left his office. Bodega clicked complete on the pop-up and that was that. Easy. Bodega, I've got some contact information for those people on your list, shouted Sheila. Send it through, he bellowed. Okay, she hollered. In it came, reams of information about the nine people on Bodega's get list. Gork, bless the interlocatron. 
The Galactic Interlocatron was a vast listening device and database. It grabbed every unscrambled signal, unencrypted message, phone conversation, or any other form of communication and stored it. Even casual, real-life, person-to-person chats in a public place were likely to be overheard by some kind of listening device and duly recorded in the GI database. Of course, access to anyone other than super-high-level federal types was forbidden, but Bodega had lived his life by the simple credo, Forbidden is for Bodega. Now he needed to get in contact with those bastards and find out if they were interested in his project. They would be. After all, how could they turn this down? The chance to form the ten most bastardy bastards into one mess of murder and carnage and just... Do shit. Flav. That was the problem. He knew they had to have a big idea beyond just do shit, but it wasn't coming to him. How could he go out and pitch do shit to nine people like him? It needed a hook. Sheila, could you come in here? Sheila, of course, obliged. Sheila, what in the floor is this all about to you? What's the point of it all? Asked Bodega, tipping his hat back so he could see her face real good. Well, you just have to try to do right by people around you and try not to leave behind more of a mess than already was there when you arrived. And just enjoy life, she said sweetly. No, I mean, well, we ain't getting those folks together to throw a darn baby shower or help some old people fix their plumbing. We're up to no good, see, he said. Hmm. Well, honestly, I thought you were planning on overthrowing the Federation, and I just thought, well, why not? That's a pretty tall order, missy. I ain't one for <laughs> rebel causes. I just want folks to leave me alone, said Bodega. Well, what if it was a sort of Bodega-style Federation, like your own version, she said. Bodega contemplated this idea. Too much paperwork, he said, eyeballing the already mountainous pile in his entry and imagining that scaled up to running a galaxy. No, I just meant the shooting part, she said. Bodega grinned. Now that, that I can get aboard with, missy, said Bodega, turning his chair towards the viewport and gazing out at the asteroid field they were concealed in. Yeah, this could work. His own version of the Federal Morality Police Division, the humfunkers who'd locked him up in that mindfuck of a prison a few months back. A group of people who folks could turn to for justice when those who were meant to be just were being unjust or just kind of dicks. I'll call it Bodega's Space Rescue Force of People He Knows. Sheila winced. (laughs) We'll brainstorm it, Sheila, all right? The end. (laughs) I like the vibe, the whole 80s... (laughs) Bodega's idea of what a business would be like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. It is. It's a very 80s vibe to to Bodega's um, business ideas. It's a little bit noir, isn't it? So a little bit of a dirty detective's office. But not not so much a detective, um, but more a Bodega's space force of people he kind of knows. I feel like this this episode has been a very important bridging episode. It is an important bridging episode. I think people might listen to it and be like, that was a really bad episode. But (laughs) similar to The Empire Strikes Back. Years later, they'll look back and they'll realize how important, it was important. the episode actually we needed, was. They'll realize to, to build up the rest of the story. And yeah. how important all of those little little details were. You know, I just wanted to see Bodega in an office. That was it. No, I, I think it was good, man. It was it, just as good as all the other ones. I you said it was Sheila a bad well. episode. No, no, I think that like, I don't personally I think it was it. bad. I, I respect. But the, I think, that, I think that people maybe now expect a lot of action. Oh, every no, episode you can't have stuff, action you know every I mean? episode. If no, you have action that's what I'm saying. Episode, I'm, gets, I'm saying the pacing boring. is perfect for me. I yeah, like, you've got to slow like, it down. I like how it, it slowly unfolds. Because now he needs to go out into the galaxy and make contact yeah, of course. with the yeah. baddest bunch of bastards you've ever met. None of them will it's, be as good a shot, obviously, but they all have skills. Sometimes you need an episode to lay out the framework of the rest of the, the journey, uh, yeah. right? And now I've got to come up with nine, <laughs> nine other characters that are kind of like Bodega, but each have their own set of skills. That, that is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be great. Fuck. So 2017, uh, we're off to a great start. We've done a podcast. 
Hooray! Um, there's been a bodega. Hooray! Lewis has a whole bunch of New Year's resolutions. Um, Piri and I are just carrying on being dads uh, without any of that fancy stuff. And <laughs> go fuck yourselves. That's it. Bye. Goodbye. I thought we'd just leave it at go fuck yourselves. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. It <laughs> no, sounds offensive. We... You got it. Oh, and uh, go fuck yourselves. End podcast. <laughs> go fuck yourselves. Oh, no. Go fuck yourselves. If it sounds too rude, include the buys, okay? <laughs> <laughs>